0: Good morning, it's good to be here today. You know, throughout the the COVID period of time, my family's done probably what a number of families have done. We found things to do that were COVID friendly um, as a family, Um, and some of them were shows that we watched, and one that a friend recommended to us, and we've watched some, is the show Alone. Have some of you seen the show Alone? The premise of a loan is they take 10 people and drop them off somewhere in in wilderness area. Um, Some of the early seasons were in um, Vancouver Island up in Canada. Later on, it's even up in the Arctic area. And these 10 people aren't dropped off together. They're at 10 different locations, and there's nobody else there. So it's miles between where the next closest person is um, that they're around And, and they don't even have camera crews with them they bring in their own camera gear and they have to film themselves throughout so they are seeing nobody throughout this period of time and the idea is you want to outlast everybody else but you have no idea how anyone else is doing so if you want a shelter, you need to figure out how to build a shelter, and you come in with your backpack and your, your gear and a few things that you're able to bring with you. Uh, you want some food, you've got to figure out how to get your food. Um, you want water, you need to figure out how to purify it, and you last as long as you can throughout this uh, period of time. And you know, a number of people um, would drop out. You have a, a satellite phone that you could call in and tap out when you're done, and then they'll come and get you, although it might take them a few hours to get there because of um, where they're at and people dropped out for all sorts of reasons some dropped out because of the harsh conditions um, some would drop out um, because they they weren't able to catch food and they're they're just getting too hungry some didn't have enough clean water around and they weren't able to purify it or, or they lost the ability to make fire um, some people got injured they hurt themselves and they backed out one guy backed out because um, the night before he could hear grizzly bears all around his camp um, tracking him <laughs> and he decided okay I'm done But what was interesting is there's one group that's come up time and time again, one reason why people have backed out of the show and decided to tap out, and that's because they got lonely. These are people who are tough, who are able to build structures out in the middle of nowhere um, with just the elements around them. People who are really able to make it a long period of time and yet three, four weeks in with no contact with people, without being around their family, without being their friends. And, and, and they say, I'm done. I, I just don't want to do it anymore. It's not worth it to me. I want to get back around to to the people that I love. And there's times when someone will tap out, and I feel like yelling at the TV, No, 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 you're really good at this. You could win this. <laughs> and yet, there, no, I, emotionally, I just, I can't do it any longer. We're in a series in the last week of it that Pastor Scott's led us on called This is the Way. And today we're going to be on the fourth and final one as we're going to look at how the way is with others. And the idea here and the big idea that we're going to focus on is that Jesus invites us to travel the way in community. And the idea isn't a picture of Jesus going down this path and saying, come on, this is the way, and then we're walking behind by ourselves. The idea of what happens in the New Testament is that Jesus is walking down this path, and he's saying, come on, this is the way, and we're walking together in community with other people as we go on the way. The way is, Jesus invites us to travel the way in community. And you know what? This isn't something new. When you think back to before creation, before Genesis 1, when we get the picture of what was happening before, we know that God existed. God has existed from all eternity past. And God exists, and we have a term for this. It's called the Trinity. That there's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus just didn't start to exist at the very first Christmas. Jesus has existed for all eternity past. The Holy Spirit did not come into existence at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit existed from all eternity past. One God in three persons, which means God has always existed in community. You think about when Adam and Eve are created. And, and when you first have Adam, you have Adam there alone, and, and there's a bunch of animals. And God says, remember God says to him, it's not good for you, Adam, to be alone. And do you remember what he does immediately after that? What he does is has this big parade of animals come by. And he says, here's what I want you to do, Adam, now that I've told you that. I want you to name the animals. And so you have two animals come by, really long necks, and Adam's like, hmm, giraffe. And he looks, and male and female, and he looks around, and it's just him. And then the elephants come by. And Adam names them. And he looks, and there's a male and a female. And he looks around, and it's just him. And the text in Genesis tells us that there was nothing found that was a suitable companion for him. And so God creates Eve at that point. Because we were created to be in community. Remember when Jesus comes and Jesus starts his ministry? And what does Jesus do at the very beginning of his ministry? He looks around and he says, I'll take you. And you. And you. And 12 times he says that. He picks 12 guys. He says, we're going to go on this way together. We're going to do this in community. For the next three years, we're going to travel For the next three years, you're going to learn. For the next three years, we're going to do life together. And in fact, out of those 12, there seems to be three that Jesus gets really close with. Peter, James, and John. And we hear certain events where it's just the three of them with Jesus. As you see, Jesus invites us to travel the way together in community. You know why he does that? A couple of reasons we're going to look at today. First is that community allows God's word to get real with us. Community allows God's word to get real with us. You probably watched, I was watching some of the hurricane that was hitting um, the southern, uh, southeast part of our country um, this week. And as it was hitting, I was thinking of what it would be like to be in, in that area. And I think some of the first thoughts that most people would have is I hope people are okay. I hope my family's okay. I hope my friends are okay. I hope people in general are okay. I hope people aren't getting hurt. I hope people aren't dying. And once you move past that step, you'd probably also think, you know, I hope my house is okay. I hope it stays standing. I hope we don't lose everything. When tough times come in life, what allows us to thrive? What allows us to get through those difficult times? You know, Jesus tells a story that fits those together in Matthew chapter 7. And he talks about one house that falls and the other house that stays standing. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So this is the person who hears God's word. He goes to the Bible study. He hears the sermon and he acts on it. Every person who does that will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, the rivers rose, the wind blew, the hurricane came and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. Now there's a contrast. There's another person. Everyone who hears these words of mine, so they go to the same Bible studies, they hear the same sermons, they have the same teaching. Here's the only difference. This person doesn't act on them. That will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. The difference between these two groups of people. One changed their life as a result of what they heard. The other did not. And the one who allowed that change to take place was able to survive the storm. Part of the difficulty that allows that to happen is the busyness of life. We come to church, we hear a sermon, we go to the next event, we go to the next event, we have work, we have this, we have that, we have podcasts we're listening to, we have activity after activity after activity after activity. You know, Pete Scazzaro um, wrote a book emotionally healthy spirituality he's written a number of books on that line i was listening to a podcast um, as he was talking and he was asked if someone was just starting to work on being healthy where would you tell them to start and he was taken aback for a second of where do i even tell someone who hasn't even thought of it where to take their first step and he finally said you know what i would tell him to do i would tell them to break away from the busyness because they need some time to be able to reflect you're frustrated with a situation and you just keep going on you need some time to back off and say why did that frustrate me why am i edgy we need the time to back off and say how does this apply to my life instead of bouncing from activity to activity to activity to activity You know, one of the great things that we do in our church is we have community groups. Some of the people in this picture are sitting in this room. Um, And we have community groups. And what the community groups do is they don't provide another teaching opportunity. It's not another sermon. It's not another Bible study, although those are great things to do. But what it does is allows us to step back from the busyness and say, how does that sermon apply to my life? We start to bounce ideas off each other. We get feedback. There's times I've seen in in the fellowship group I've been part of where someone will be going through something really big and, and the feeling you can have when you enter into that moment is I'm all alone in this. And then the sharing starts and you hear that throughout their lives, three other people in the room have experienced something very much like that. And all of a sudden the weight is lifted because you're not walking through it alone. Through community, we take the mask off, not the mask that we wear in COVID, but the mask that covers our whole face that's protecting us from people really getting to know us. And we allow people to see who we really are. And we allow God's word to get real with us. Jesus invites us to travel the way with others. Why? Because community creates opportunities to love and to be loved. I actually love this next passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is teaching. He's gotten really, really popular, so there's huge crowds around. And it says, On one of those days while he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee. So there's people from all over the place. They're from Judea. They're from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal them was in Jesus. And just then some men came... Carrying on a stretcher a man who is paralyzed. So you have five friends likely. Four um, carrying the stretcher and then one on the stretcher. Five friends. Four carrying their buddy to Jesus. And they tried to bring him in and set him down before Jesus. All they want to do is get their friend to Jesus. Because he can't get there on his own. And since they couldn't find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went on the roof. Lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles. Into the middle before Jesus. You know why this guy got to Jesus? Because he had four friends that he was in community with that said, Right now, you can't get to Jesus on your own. We're going to do everything we can to get you there. And you know what? There's times in life when we are struggling. And the only reason we get to Jesus is because we have some friends who help carry us there. Who say, this is your time to get on the stretcher. We're going to carry you there. Community gives us the opportunity to love and to be loved. Well, I want to introduce a couple of people to you. Um, Raleigh and Jody Gerard, if you could come on up. Um, these are people who I love very much in my life, and um, we're going to interview them today as we talk about some of these concepts. You guys have microphones there behind you. Welcome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, about a decade ago, You guys had been doing what you could to avoid community, to avoid what we're talking about here, and you decided at some point, you know what, we need to take that step. We need to get into community. Do you remember where you were when you decided to do that?
1: In the middle of an intersection right after church. We we were having this discussion in church about community groups, which we'd heard a couple times. And we got to an intersection after leaving church that day. Of sign up and the light changed and I looked at Raleigh and I said I want to join a community group today and if you don't want to that's okay but I feel like I need to and so he said well okay and so we made this big circle around went back to church and found our names on your community group
0: yeah so they put you in my group
1: yeah that was frightening
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was was when I almost walked out (laughs) (laughs) yeah Me me with the pastor. That just didn't (laughs) work.
0: I was the pastor of that church at that time. Um, What made you decide at that point to do it? Why did you decide then after avoiding being in community we need to step up and we need to be part of a group?
1: Well, each time that this community group thing came up, I felt I needed to do that. I just felt like I was not getting as much or giving anything. And so for me, it was just a conviction in my heart. Although scary, I just this I kept hearing God say, "We need to get involved."
0: Yeah, and so you took that step. You got in our group. You were very faithful to attend regularly, but that first year, rather quiet. You you probably didn't say much at all um, for a year, and that really was because of an event that had happened even a decade before that. Um, what had happened that had kept you from being in community, that kept you quiet um, for that first year that you were with us?
1: Well, the topic that evening at Fellowship Group was 9-11. We'd just crossed that threshold and you'd ask us to explain how we felt about 9-11. And our 9-11 really began three years before that.
2: Yeah, we, in 1998, uh, we had received a phone call from a friend of mine on the fire department to tell us that uh, two of our sons had shot themselves um, in a suicide pact, and one was successful and the other was not. And uh, after that, uh, we put on a mask, just so to speak.
1: Just closed down, you know, just how do you answer questions, just simple questions like, you know how many kids do you have when you meet somebody, and that was a hard one for me, and it just caused us to draw closer to ourselves and away from and away from people,
0: yeah, so even that first year in our group, if you were invited over to dinner, you went you would find an excuse not to because you knew family would come up as even part of that conversation mm-hmm. yeah
1: you and you invited us, and we had something else to do,
0: yeah, so you, you had been doing this for a decade. You were quiet for that year. Um, it was really the 9-11 discussion that that started that, but why why did you decide to share it then?
2: Well, we had, over the time we were there, we had always thought, you know, we, we need to share, but we had that mask on and were pretty much afraid to take it off. And um, <coughs> that night... We just kind of when it came our turn to at at that at our at a group meeting when we were talking about this and it came our turn to say what 9/11 had uh, the impact of 9/11 on us. Uh, we just kind of finally looked at each other and said, okay, now's the time.
1: We we just felt that we developed these relationships and we weren't being honest. It, yeah. We weren't we weren't sharing.
2: It must
0: have been scary the whole time you were talking and wondering how the group's going to react. I remember the first person to speak. It was probably a person he'd say it himself, probably not the most touchy-feely person in in our group. He was the first one to speak. Do you remember what he said?
1: I do, and I even wrote it in my journal, which was he came up to us and he said, We don't love you any less because of what you share. We We actually love you more.
0: Yeah. We love you more because of that. And I think just about everyone in the room shared um, with you um, after that time. Um, so having gone from a scary experience, you felt loved from the group as a result of that.
1: Hugely. It it immediately changed everything.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you shared with me before on the way home, you felt like a weight had been removed from you.
2: Absolutely. it It was just huge. Um the, the fact that we have act, were actually able to speak to somebody about it and for years having the fear of being judged and all of that w- about it, to have that kind of support uh, and love was uh, unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. And
0: it felt actually like a physical weight had been taken off.
2: Of absolutely.
0: Yeah. So did life change at all then or did it just go back to what it had been before? Has life been different for you? It's now been about 10 years since you um shared with the group. Um ha- has life been any different for you?
1: Um hugely different. For me, personally, it's I I'm just freer. I don't have to pick that mask up every morning and put it on and navigate through people and try to avoid questions and answers. It's just it's so much easier to just be and share and just more um, comfortable in my skin, I guess.
0: Yeah. And you guys have found that there's been opportunities to minister now and to take this horrible tragedy and to allow God to redeem it in some positive ways. Um, share with us about that.
2: Well, at uh, one point after sharing it with the group, you asked us to give our testimony in church. And after doing that, um, we had uh, after sharing it, we had a lot of people come up to, to support us. And as we were, as I was standing there, I watched a man come across the church and come right over to me, push through the crowd, grab my hands, my hand in both of his hands, and just shake it and say, "Thank you, thank you for saying that." My son did the same thing the year before that, and I have not talked about it since. And he turned and left, and I was able, to, unable to talk to him. And when Jody and I were on our way home, I just looked at her and said, God's, got a, God's telling us to do something with this. And um, because of that, we uh, started to facilitate a grief share group.
0: Yeah. And Grief Share is a ministry that allows people who have gone through grief to be able to help process and to grow in in that process. You sure have some significant conversations in the car on the way home from church. (laughs) You've had that a couple of times. Um, And you found a number of times where you've been ministering to people that you did not expect in unusual situations or odd times where all of a sudden God puts someone um, right in in your presence.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was on a job and I was uh, with somebody that turned out her husband had committed suicide and, and we were at this house for several days. And and for a couple of days I kept saying, I should say something to her. And it actually was God saying, I believe in my heart you need to talk to this person. And I, a little slow, um, I kept saying, no, I I that's not my position to do that. And finally, I was taking a box of stuff to this to this lady and handing it to her, and um, uh, she said, well, thank you, and then she turned to walk away, and she took about three steps, and she turned around and said, were you going to say something to me? <laughs> and I was speechless, I, and I wanted to say no, and... Um, God hit me upside the head and said, "No, you need to talk." And we talked for about 15 minutes. And when I when I finally left, she just thanked me. She said, "Thank you. Nobody else will talk to me." Yeah. And numerous times since then, it's it it's because because of this, we're we're open and and we can talk about it now. And it has opened so many doors.
0: Yeah. And when you think back to your life now, the growth you've had in your relationship with God, with other people, the ministry, how much of that would you tie back to that intersection you were in when you decided, let's go back? 100%.
1: Yeah. It it changed everything.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there was an odd time because we were talking about the stretcher, and and for a while, our group was carrying you on the stretcher for that first year. We didn't even know that we were, Um, but we were carrying you on that that stretcher. And, you know, when I went to seminary when I was a pastor, you know, my thought was that I'd always be on a corner carrying the stretcher for for other people. Um, That's the picture that I think Lisa and I both would have had. And there came a time where um, I physically burned out from ministry, and the group at that time, you all came up with the stretcher, and all of a sudden, you guys were carrying the stretcher and stopped next to Lisa and I and said, "Get on, we're going to carry you now." Um, you remember that period of time?
1: I do. Um, one of the gals in the group, she and I were on the phone. and We knew we were we needed to do something, and so we needed to move the the group so we stayed to get we would stay together. We moved it to our house and just insisted so that we could come around you and. And comfort and care and that's just what we do.
0: Yeah. Um, when I think of you guys, the word courage comes to mind. Um, th- it took a lot of courage to enter into a group. It took a lot of courage to share. It took a lot of courage to come up here today and to to share. So thank you for being courageous. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Yeah. Just briefly, a couple next steps as we um, think about some of this. Um, The first next step is what step can you take to move into community? Maybe you've been holding back. Maybe you've been at the position of saying, I I don't want to do that. And, you know, later this fall, we're going to have some opportunities with um, new community groups that might be an opportunity. There may be some ways that you right now, even before then, can be stepping up and entering into community. But one step for you might be, what step can I take to move into community? Um, The next step is, what step can you take to go deeper into community? If you're already in a community group or if you're already in community with a a good group of people, what step can you take? To move a step further into community, um, it might be, and th- 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 that you're thinking, you know I, I go to my group and we, we talk about the sermon each week, maybe i 'll spend some more time reviewing my notes ahead, so my mind's already more into it um, before I even get there. Um, There can be all sorts of different opportunities um, for how you're going to take that step forward more and more with others. And, you know, even participating, there's times where all of us will feel like um, with our group that, you know, I don't know if I need to go tonight. I'm doing fine. But maybe the reason we need to be a group that night is because someone else needs to get on the stretcher and we need to be the ones carrying one of the corners of it. And if we're not there, it's going to be kind of the stretcher dragging down with one end hitting the ground because there's no one carrying that into the stretcher. So the second thing to think about this week, what step can you take to go even deeper into community? To remove that mask. To be real. To say, Jesus is saying, this is the way. Let's go together with others. Traveling that path with our community. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation, for the gift of the church, for the gift of community. And I pray, God, that we would have the courage. To be willing to step into community. To open up our hearts to others. To trust what you're going to do in that process. We offer this to you, God. And we anticipate what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.